What's up and welcome to Two Balls, One Puck, a podcast talking about the Buffalo Bills, Sabres, and New York Yankees. My name is Tommy Jirasi and I am here with my two brothers, Jacob and Joey. We're going to get to some introductions on this fine Sunday evening and I'll kick it over to my brother on my right first. That's Joey. So Joey, what's up, dude? Not too much, brother. Uh, it's a busy weekend, uh, a lot going on, but sun was shining, and so I can't be mad about that. Just spent some good time with our family celebrating Father's Day. So to all you fathers out there listening, happy Father's Day. And to all those mm. non-fathers out there listening, tell somebody you love happy Father's Day or happy late Father's Day. So it was a good day, good weekend, and... Uh, some uh, not-so-great stuff going on for one of the sports teams that we uh, love and will be talking about, but, you know, it's a long season, so got some good stuff to talk about today. And it's so, kind of, It is a long season. It's a very but, long season. But, but, but we're like halfway through the season. Yeah, it's not early anymore. We're talking about the Yankees. So, talking about the Yankees, yep. Rough, rough stretch right now for the Yanks, but we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, and there are things to be excited and happy about, and... Uh, one of those things is getting to record a podcast with my other brother, Jacob. How you doing, buddy? Doing. I'm doing. I I have been introduced third again. As Kids you will. Used I'm used. To it. I'm going to be used to it. I'm just letting sure. you all know. I'm not used to. Wait. You also have to be used to me complaining about it because I'm going to be complaining about it. It's gonna get old real quick. It really doesn't even matter that much. It's just kind of funny to be able to be slightly annoying as a little brother, even though I do myself has have a younger brother. Um, so I'm not the youngest brother, just younger than the two of you. Um, we're looking at, uh, an interesting app today. We're going to, we'll dive on into each of the teams as normal. Um, we're going to kind of do a bit of a game section for the Bills because right now the Buffalo Bills season is maybe at an all-time low. Slow point, yeah. Like this might be the few couple weeks of like the lowest Bills conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Sabres, same thing. We just kind of have a you know interesting conversation, a couple player convos. Joey has a story to tell us about the Sabres that we'll get into that we can kind of highlight tonight. And uh, saw the uh, the other guy that comes down today as well. Really? Yeah. Didn't talk. Big twofer. What? Yeah, didn't talk. Well, oh, that's yeah. a teaser. And uh, the Yankees, as if you're following the teams, you know, have the biggest conversation point. As of my time of speaking. It is the middle of the eighth inning of the third game of the series against the Buffalo Boston Red Sox. Mm. You said Buffalo because they're currently wearing the their, Bison. their they're, blue and they're yellow, blue and yellow. Yeah, City Connect uniforms. And <laughs> they are losing the third game of the series in which they've lost the first two games. So that's all we're going to dive into today. But, uh, Tommy, you have a something you want to say about the Sabres before we get in, into the Sabres, or are we going right to the Bills? the Bills? Before the Sabres. Oh, oh! you just let me, like, do I have something to say about the Sabres before the Bills? Yeah, because we are we doing the Sabres talk first, Bills talk first? What are we thinking, guys? No, let's just get the Bills talk out of the way because it's short and sweet because... Yeah, Jake's got a little fun game set up for yeah, us, Yeah, I do too. have a fun game Yeah, so, so that's a great way to yeah, kick it off. I mean, so, like, like they mentioned, you know... <laughs> Things in Bills land right now, pretty quiet. Yeah. Uh, I think the most uh, the most Bills content that I've seen are just funny memes based on Josh Allen's uh, uh, Madden cover. And one, one of the things that made me laugh is that uh, they said that Madden's going to have the last piece of his face mask be a downloadable content extra. That's so if you want the last bar on <laughs> his bucks. face mask, 10 bucks. 10 bucks. So I thought that uh, This is not laugh, a real but conversation, but Josh Allen did say that he could have done more 
to help Stefan Diggs this past year and hopes to this year. So not a, again, not a real conversation. We touched on it last week. Yeah, definitely. That was sad. Well, I know Allen was in general. I mean, we're on Bill's talk now, but mm-hmm. in general, I think Allen was a little disappointed in his you know, himself last year and thinks he could do better. And obviously I think most professional athletes kind of have that mentality. Even if they do a great job, you know, I want to do better. I can be better. And, you know, Bills fell short last year. And we saw Allen with some rough games and some rough stretches, battling some injuries. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a good point, Jacob. Yeah, the only thing with uh, Bills that matters right now is that they announced their training camp date. So. That's that's quite literal. I mean, we could huge. We could continue to go in circles and discuss like the the upcoming season for the Bills, but that is still three months away, two and a half months away. Even I mean, we're we're two months away from even preseason games with the Bills, essentially. So, like, we're kind of too early to talk about it. If we didn't have two other teams to discuss, then yeah, we that's what we'd be doing. But anyway, the Bills uh, training camp is again going to be in Rochester at, on July twenty sixth. That's starting. At, where do they hold it? Saint, what's it called? Saint John's Fisher or something like that. It's a complex. I probably should just could have just looked it up before I said that. But I know it's in Rochester. That's enough. I think that's enough. That's a good. That's yeah, enough. Just go that's to Rochester, good. look around for a bunch of Bills people, and <laughs> you go to training camp. It's a big deal. There's always cool photos that come out uh, during training camp uh, because the fans pack training camp. And oh, it's so much fun. I don't know. I, w- I wonder how many teams, how many other teams pack their training camps. Probably a few, but uh, it is pretty cool to see Bills Mafia. Uh, continuously, especially recently, pack their training camps because oh, yeah. expectations are high. Let's I mean, that and also like preseason games. I mean, I know some of my friends yeah. go up there and they tailgate the preseason games and they it, some of them are packed. So, you know, Bill's Mafia is legit and, you know, the blue and red blood is running thick and, you know, Bill's, oh, they're, they're really exciting. So, I mean, we have a lot to be excited for. So, why wouldn't you want to go see him toss it's, around it's even if point. it's training camp? Yeah. So, just fun to be in the atmosphere. But, Definitely. uh, I think honestly, we're gonna try to play this game a little bit of a, an Let's interesting game thing, it up. and then we'll have more. This might be the like we said, the lowest amount of actual Bills news we can have for this this episode. Maybe the next couple, but mm-hmm. after a few weeks, we'll be getting into it. But unless um, uh, Alan has some relationship changes, and then true. Tommy will be just invested in something. In so, what? I, unless Alan, you know, something comes out where Alan's relationship. Things. Oh, really? uh, I mean, who knows? But well, what the well, that's what we're saying. You know, Bills, <laughs> Bills, uh, Bills news could be pretty quiet for a bit. So maybe that would spark a little bit of energy into the Bills talk. So, yeah, we'll see. yeah, we could do that. His dating life is like top three priority in yours. I think so. that is true. Yeah. Did I tell the story on episode Zip about you uh, did not Jenny no. meeting? Go ahead. Are you sure? I'm sure. You did not. Okay. So my wife Jenny, who shout out. Love you. Uh, she's not going to listen to this, so I could – no. But she might. Leave it there, Tom. Yeah, Leave it there. That, that was a, that was that a was good tr- – yep. I've been Love you. long enough. I should yep. know. Nope. Love Anyway, you. my That's wife, great. Jenny, uh, she was up in Buffalo. This was probably, I don't know, a couple of years ago or something like that, maybe two, three years ago, or pre-COVID maybe. I don't know. Anyway, she was getting uh, her eyebrows done up in Buffalo, and she started shooting the breeze with a girl – up there, who was uh, also getting her eyebrows done. And um, this girl asked my wife about football and if she liked football and all that stuff. And uh, this is Jenny telling me the story, recounting. She's like, she told this girl, no, no, not really. I don't watch football. 
And then, oh, okay. Well, that's okay. That was the end of the conversation. Well, lo and behold, my wife finds out that later on that that was Josh Allen's girlfriend that at the time, at the time, at the time. that she was talking to. And uh, when she told me that, I was like, oh. <laughs> she had the chance to have at said, least a conversation, maybe of something. Probably else. Yeah, not. But I always, and to this day, just as an inside joke, I continue to rag on Jenny about, oh, you ruined my chances to have a relationship with Josh Allen. Yeah, what I, if what if she was going to invite you guys out to a, like a double date? Like you should have you know, been for right, dinner or something. You should have been uh, very nice to her, and you could have swapped. Girl stories, however that goes. You want Josh Allen compliment each your other's stories. eyebrows, compliment each other's eyebrows, and then yeah. one thing leads to the next. And oh, hey, hey, my husband plays for the Bills. You want a couple of tickets? And then the next thing you next know, next thing you know, Tom, he's going to be coming to Christmas dinner at your house. I'm in the, I'm in the back like VIP room of the Bills games. Josh Allen comes and he's like, oh, what's up, man? I just thought. My my girlfriend said that your wife's really cool and we should like we should just hang out. But the, the smile, uh, but I, but the I smile on your face right now but is I, so pure and genuine. But I, I really wish you know I really wish that could have come to fruition for you. But I, that was. But I dream. You can dream. I dream. You can dream. Jacob, Speaking of dreaming, let's do the game. Okay. Let's dream up a uh, dream team. Yeah, that's what Bills it is. roster. So, that was a great transition, Joe. I like cheesy, that? but good. Okay. Better than transition. You were just going to start insulting your wife again, and that's not what we need. I love my wife so much. Go, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. So, the way you phrased that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's what she I loves did. It's just what she said once. Here's what I did. I have, <laughs> um, for those who are listening and not watching, it'll just be give me your your best attention because I'm going to read some stuff that will set up the game. So what I've done is I've taken five positions of fo- football positions. I have quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and then I just two general defense positions because when you start separating all the defensive positions, there's just there's too many to re- – it's just too defensive. It's unrealistic. Yeah. So three offensive, two defensive positions. So we have – um, tiers. We have five tiers of these players. So in in the first tier, um, which we're going to call the one dollar tier, we have one player at each of these positions: one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and two defensive players. These are from Bills history, at all time Bills players, right? In then we have the same exact thing in the two dollar tier, the three dollar tier, the four dollar tier, and the five dollar tier. Each tier has five players, one at each position. The $5 tier is the most expensive tier, and that is where the best players um, from each position, the number one player from each position, according to... Now, I want to really be careful when I say this. All of these rankings are accorded to what football reference calls approximated value. That is their stat for... This is the definition... The attempt to attach a single number to every player's value since 1960. Regardless of their position, era. Yep, so it's a stat that try attempts to take all of the other stats into account and say, this is our number for their approximated value. So this is not my ranking. This is approximate value according to football reference. That is what we're going off of. So we we all have a total of... Um, $15 to spend. Okay. So we have $15. One of each position do you have to select? You have to take one of each position. All right. 
there's a five, a four, a three, a two, and a one dollar tier, which all adds up to fifteen dollars. So theoretically, you could take one player from each tier, mm-hmm. right? Um, in each position, and then you would up to fifteen, or you could take two fives and a couple of in. You'd have to have and, at least. And you'd have to sacrifice some money, or you know, you could, whatever yeah. it is, you could take five threes. So we all have fifteen dollars to spend. And um, what I'm going to do real quick is I'm going to read down the list just so people know who we are picking from. Can I inter- interject? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so is these here the tiers and who falls into these tiers? Are these tiers judged by what that you know what the reference said? Approximate value. Approximate value. Yep. Okay. So because I'm curious, looking at some of these names here. You know, I'm like, wait, he's in the three dollars yeah, tier. Yeah, exactly. But that's so, just the pro- okay. Just wanted to double and, check that. So. Right, and longevity plays a huge role into this because you could have a monster one season, mm. but your value to the team overall is not going to be that of someone who's a slightly above average for ten seasons. Got it. Do you think you should just do like uh, all of one position and just say like, what who's the position uh, person of that tier? Sure, sure, you that works. I mean? yeah, yeah. Of- so uh, in quarterbacks, we have five dollar. I'm gonna go five down. Jim Kelly at one, Joe not at one at five dollars. The number the top tier. So Jim Kelly, Joe Ferguson, Josh Allen, Jack Kemp, and Ryan Fitzpatrick are our quarterbacks from five to one. Thurman no Th- Doug Flutie. This is a not my ranking. That's I know. I'm just not my ranking. <laughs> Thurman Thomas, OJ Simpson. <laughs> not helping Tom. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Thurman Thomas, OJ Simpson, Fred Jackson, Joe Cribs, and LaShawn McCoy are our running backs. Shady. I miss Shady. Did we just say Shady at, at the, the same, same time? exact time? That was funny. Oh, me a Coke. Andre Ree, like Eric Moulds, Lee Evans, Albert Duke. This is a name that I personally, I'm calling myself out a little here. I was not familiar with this name, and based on his stats, I probably should be. So if I'm mispronouncing this, is it du- Dubinian? Dubenian, Albert, just a name I'm not familiar with. I probably should be. And I just didn't want people to mispronounce it and people to say, like, you, yeah, I, I'm just no, getting out ahead of it. I don't know how to pronounce that last there's name. There's players out there that you don't And Frank Lewis. And then our top, our 10 defensive players, obviously Bruce Smith and Kyle Williams are from, honestly, I think pretty unanimously two of the better defensive Bills, Bills of all time. Well, well, Bruce Smith, never mind. According to approximated value, Bruce Smith is the number one Bill of all time. I mean, wow. He's the NFL tackles or sacks leader. It's amazing. So, Bruce Smith, Kyle Williams, Mike Stratton, Cornelius Bennett, Daryl Talley, Phil Hansen, Joe Devlin, Tom Cisak, Butch Bird, and Butch Butch Butch, <laughs> Butch Bird and Aaron Scoble. Butch so, Bird. So again, those were uh, the names you read off. Were starting in the five dollar category. The next names were the four dollar, yep, then the down. three, then the two, then the one. Exactly. My name's Butch Bird. So. I hope this all makes sense to everyone. Um, yeah. I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, It'll just be fun. Yeah. All right. So I don't think we uh, should argue our cases too much. Who gets first pick? Try? Yeah, I don't think there's too much of it. We can kind of... Yeah, we can... Uh, are we going to write our teams down and compare who's got the best roster at the end of this? That was, that's what's the, the goal. Yeah, we'll that's the goal it. for we'll sure. We'll post it on social media. Yeah, check out it. our socials. Yeah, Vote who has the best roster. Yeah, best roster. Yeah, cool. All right. Throw a five spot on it, too. Are you participating? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, good. Do you want to bet on this? No. Five bucks. I already won my pickleball So money, earlier so. today, Jacob also reminded us that when he bets on things, he only does them in increments of $10. Correct. We were playing pickleball as a family, and we wanted to throw a few dollars on the game. And Jacob said, well, it has to be in increments of 10 I don't bet 3 or 5 or $7, just which a, is an interesting note. And just now that we're talking about pickleball, really quick, uh, my brother Michael and I, who's not here, 
just might may or might may not have, but definitely absolutely obliterated both Jacob and Joey. Well, we were team. playing left-handed and didn't want to tell. Just, you guys literally didn't know we were playing left-handed well, the whole time. The entire so game. Funny, that's so funny, so stupid. We There's won recordings of it. We eleven to one. We won eleven to one. Check the vids. Okay, we played lefty. All right, well, we won eleven to one. Congratulations. That's fine. Did you bring your stickers today? I mean, no. when you I think Tommy, I mean, when you when you go and you play a, a game, like if the other team says like, oh, we got some guys hurt, you don't. You yeah, don't but care. we didn't bat, so we decided just to play no. left. And I also we, we also you know if we would have won, wouldn't have brought it up on the podcast. Whatever. So moving on, um, Jake, do you wanna do you wanna go first? How do you, how do you wanna do this? You wanna are shoot? we snaking? Or are we going? I think a snake's fair. A snake definitely makes more sense. Oldest, youngest, obviously. I put the work in, so I'll go first. Okay. No, we have to do it. Number random number. Come on, let's just let's just do oldest to youngest. I, I think that's fair. I agree, youngest you know? to oldest. So I will be taking. <laughs> no, I spent an hour on this. That come on, we have to do a number. All right, evens and odds. The per- odd person out. Okay, gets to pick. We first. have to say our number one through ten. Zeros don't count. Wait, should they count? It doesn't matter. There's enough numbers. Just I pick know. a random. All right, everyone pick one or two. Ready? No, look. Three, two. One, two, one. One. Okay, Joey goes first. Hilarious. And now, and then who goes second? Ready, Tommy? <laughs> Three, two, one, two. two. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't make sense. No, There's it two makes of us. no sense. All right, all right, rock, paper, scissors. I'm going to pick. Three, two, one, scissors. Three, two, one, paper. Three, two, one, rock. We just tied three times. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Three, two, one, uh, I, I lost. So it goes Joey, me, Jacob. That's the order. And, and then, we're snaking And then it. Jacob, me, Joey, and so on and so forth. I okay. actually would prefer um, to have the turnaround. In this draft. Oh, Joey's taking the turnaround? I oh, do want the turnaround. The first no, pick? I get to choose. I want the turn. I will take the first pick. Okay. I will be selecting the second pick. Okay. All right. With the first pick, I'm going to spend my $5, make me holla right out of the gate, and I am going to take Bruce Smith. Um, Who's keeping track of this on the sheet? Uh, well, let's just highlight them in different colors. That's perfect. I'll be orange. That's really smart, actually. What just happened? All right. So, Tommy. Good, I'm taking Bruce pick. Smith because, it's quite simply, he is the all-time NFL sacks leader. Congratulations. I think it's a great pick. I mean, defensively, there are other great quarterbacks and running backs on this list that I know I can scoop up, and this is the strategy here. But I know that defensively, he is, in my opinion, the um, unanimous number one selection. So that's, I would agree. that's my pick there. I'm taking Bruce. All right. All right. So now it's me. And hmm. this is difficult. I mean, just for those listening, I'm in between Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas. I think that's, I think it's fair to say that those are the two. I'm gonna go with. I don't know, Andre Reed has um, molds in receiving yards, just receiving yards. I assume by a lot. I would assume. I have those numbers up, yes, but I'm going. I'm going Thurman Thomas. It's gonna pick five dollars spent. Okay. Joey, do you know what you're doing pick. here? Yeah, and I mean, obviously, those were two of them that I wanted in the turn, but uh, I think I'm just gonna go off right ahead with my first pick for three bucks and grab Josh Allen. That's yeah. I was gonna try. I to mean, obviously, Joe out. Ferguson for four, you know, but I think uh, I think that's a good pick. So I'm going to take Josh Allen. And then I am going to spend $5 and take Andre Reid. So I've got my QB and wide receivers locked up today. Right. And I've got $8 spent. So, Tommy. Now oh, my back turn. to Jake. My Snake turn. it. My Snake turn. it. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Yep. I, I think that I can – I think this is a sneaky. 
think this is sneaky. I'm going from the $4 defensive tier. I am going with Cornelius Bennett. I his Some of his stats are just so you're, very you're, impressive. You're taking Cornelius Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> from, yes. Smack! Smack! All righty, Jake. Tommy. Okay, so I'm looking at that $4 tier. I, I, I'm thinking about blowing it all on defense. I'm thinking about blowing it all on defense right now and just having an elite defense. But uh, the juice is still loose out there. And in his prime, OJ was something special. So I'm kind of between. Do you like orange juice? I love orange juice. Pulp or no pulp? No pulp. Same, bro. I don't want to eat a liquid. I've actually not as I've gotten older, I've grown to enjoy pulp more. Oh my gosh! No, 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 Tommy. no! Not enjoy, I shouldn't have said that. Do you that. eat cream of wheat too? I should have said I. <laughs> I've learned to. Uh, what was that? Do you eat cream of wheat? Too? I actually am a big cream of wheat fan. I used to be. Whatever. I love it. Okay, hold on. Give me one second here. I think that I've. We've had do two you think minutes. maybe if I like hit you, you'll make up your mind? I've made my decision. You have two picks, Tom. Also, so let's go, buddy. Oh, I do. Yeah, it's a it's snake, wrap. Bro. Okay. Well, if I do that one, and then I do that one. No one knows what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Joey, shut up. Stop whistling into the microphone. Okay. (laughs) All right, hold on. I'm just doing math. How about you stop holding on? 11. Math is hard. And then... All right. For those listening to this, I hope you guys are enjoying the... All right, I got um, it. All right. I will be taking. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Great. No one knows. No one knows Please. what you're doing. I'm taking OJ running back four dollars. Okay. Okay. And, and your second pick. Yes. And I will dip into. Okay, so I have. I've spent. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I've spent nine bucks. No. Yeah, I've spent nine bucks. Okay, so that means I'm going to take uh, Lee Evans, wide receiver, $3. Okay. All righty. So I'm means... sorry that took so long. I just I had to do the math. This is me yeah, something. Yeah, and uh, Lee Evans for 3 and that puts Tommy at $12. So I have $3 to spend, to spend with two picks left. Yep. Okay. All yeah. right, Jakey. I have $6 to spend right now. For three picks. And I have three picks. So I am going to. What are you to... thinking, buddy? I'm going to spend five on the quarterback, one on someone, and, <laughs> and then, then scratch <laughs> the last. You know what? It's not that bad of a <laughs> I don't idea. need a wide receiver. Speaking of wide receivers, I am going to take mm, I'm going to take Frank Lewis. It's the, from the one dollar tier. Okay. There's obviously a couple wide receivers that I like more, but I need I need one one dollar tier. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's the most respected name on this one dollar tier list. Okay. That I that I uh, need. That's fair. That's very fair. Alrighty, so I am up twice again now. So I've got my QB and wide receiver locked down, and you know, you guys keep saying it. Defense wins championships. We've talked about this before. We'll do it, but. I don't. You know what? I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. You know why I'm going to? Because the $1 category 
has some really good football players. Man. Well, these are the I, five clearly, best Bills yep, of clearly. all time in each position, so clearly. they're going to be good. Yep. But uh, you know what? I just changed my mind again, and I'm going to do the three dollar. Uh, I'm taking Fred Jackson. Yeah, I'm taking Fred Jackson. Yeah. Three dollars. I think that's a good pick. Um, and so, so your I offense, Joe, is have, is looking real good. I know, and I've got four to spend on my two defensive players. And you know what I'm going to do is take Phil Hansen. Okay, that was going to be mine. Yep. That was going to be mine. I like my team so far. I really do. Well, I am in a bit of a conundrum for anyone following because I um, I need a quarterback, and I can only pick a quarterback from the 3 or $2 tier. $2 tier because I don't have enough money for anything else. Oh, I could do – you know what? I've changed my mind. I'm spending $4 – oh, wait, I don't need one because you guys both have quarterbacks. No, you don't. Yes, you do. No, you don't. I'm spending $4 on Joe Ferguson as my quarterback. It's a good pick, Jake. That's a good pick. All right. Tommy. All right. Two picks to round it out. Found it. Finish this off, brother. Okay. Um, I will be taking... The mic's behind you, my friend. Yeah. I will be taking... <laughs> um, I'm taking Tom... Sestak or Sestak for defense two dollars. That puts me at uh fourteen. So, and the reason I'm doing this is because uh in 1964, Tom Sestak had led the league in sacks with 15.5. Though no sacks prior to 1982 are not official. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I led the league he had in the most sacks. unofficial sacks. Self-proclaimed all the stats back then, but he had 52 career <laughs> sacks okay. in 96 like games. All right, at a couple of TDs, and then with my last pick, I'm taking the bearded beauty himself. I'm taking Fitz Magic for my quarterback. All right, one dada, not Make bad. All right, Jake, you finish. My team. I'm done finish so. off that uh, that roster, my friend. Yeah, I am going with. I have to take a one dollar d- defensive player. Um, yep. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going Aaron Scoble. I think a couple of his stats just look a little more shiny than birds. So I'm going Scoble. Very good. All right. All right. And with the last pick, my second defensive player, Joe Devlin. Yeah. I like that pick a lot. So uh, we are going to end that there. uh, And we will be posting our squads on the great World Wide Web. So check the socials. You can see our updated and final rosters for this. And let us know which uh, which roster you think is best. And I'm sure we will argue about it uh, a lot. Right now, so. look, quick look, I think Joey won. Personally. I definitely won. And His you know, offense is really good. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely Jim won. Jim Kelly went undrafted. Bruce he Smith did. is getting to Josh Allen every time, and OJ's going to tear through all your guys' defensive lines. So I well, we don't have lines. We just have two players. So. I, I well, OJ's running. He doesn't have a Bronco. So, moving away, that's a, a great, uh, great draft there. So, good job. We'll post the rosters on the socials. But, again, like we said, Bill's talk um, pretty light right now. So. Yeah. Let's, let's cut it right there and move to hockey talk. And the Buffalo Sabers. Also, not too much to get into tonight. Not at all. Not we too have much big stuff maybe the next couple days. Yeah, but so for tonight, not too much to get into. Especially with what just happened on the baseball diamond. Brutal. 
Yeah. So, so here's, let's talk Sabres. Here's the game plan for the Sabres uh, for the next like week and a half or so because the NHL entry draft is uh, Wednesday the 28th, which we plan on recording an episode that night. So we'll be kind of, when the draft is happening, we'll be kind of live. Um, <laughs> kind of live. Oh, well, well, we'll be recording. So there's that. So anyway, the game plan is uh, for our next episode, which will be Wednesday, to do a week before the draft is to do a basically a draft preview for the Sabers, um, and we'll discuss you know their what we think their needs are, what picks they have, guys that they could potentially get, and how we like those guys, blah blah blah. Um, and then next Sunday, a week from today, we plan on and the following Wednesday, which is the day of the draft, we plan on splitting up those two episodes to do a off-season preview of the Sabres. Yeah. Uh, For the Sabres portions, we are going to split up the off-season preview. Correct. Yeah. We'll do, you know, offense, you know, forward preview, and then we'll take, you know, defense and goalies, and we'll just look at the free agent market, trade market, what the Sabres need, what are realistic, you know, options, blah, blah, blah. And then because July 1st, Saturday, the first free agency in the NHL opens, and then obviously we'll have another episode recorded on July 2nd, which is a Sunday. And we'll kind of be able to recap. So that's the plan with the Sabres. So we're not going to get too far into them right now. Um, the only thing I, w- I would like to discuss tonight is um, the rumors of, of reports of Victor Olofsson um, potentially being traded. And this was something that came out a few days ago where Olofsson's camp said that they're, they have not requested a trade. Victor Olsen has not requested a trade, though they are expecting a trade to happen mm. um, this offseason. So the the discussion I want to have with them, and we can keep this pretty high and tight, um, pretty brief, is that Olofsson, people seem to have a problem with Olofsson. And I can understand from the defensive side of the game, and some of his defensive metrics haven't added up very well over the last couple of years, but... I still fail to see why people really, any fans really hated on Victor Olsen because when I look at his um, his baseline stats from this last season, um, Olsen put up 28 goals. Mm-hmm. And yes, he has a cap hit of $4.7 million for one more year right now. He's under contract. He's 27 years old. He put up 28 goals this last year, right? Which in the NHL is nothing to scoff at. Certainly not. Twenty-eight goals is gets you paid four point eight. You know to, you know even up at five million dollars a year. I mean teams pay for that. Teams pay for an elite sniper who can operate on the power play, who can score on the power play, and has been consistent there. And a lot of people would uh, go uh, Olafson's a power play specialist, but metrics over the last over last season would show you that his defensive game did improve. Um, possession, Sabres uh, possession was better when he was on the ice. Um, his expected goals for, um, which is a very uh, fancy way to put it, is you know how often are the Sabres expected to get scored on depending on their shot attempts against when he's on the ice. It was a better number for Olsen than in years past. Um so I don't know. I guess the might like the conversation I want to have is like the Sabers are going to trade Olsen. What's it? What are they looking to get for him? Mm-hmm. What can they get for him? And how are the Sabers going to replace those twenty eight goals? I, I think it's doable. 
so I wanna I wanna bring something up. So okay. Olafson came to the Sabers and he has been scoring relatively regularly, often on the power play. Mm. But since he came into the NHL, he's been a good goal scorer. He has. And I, I was I just wanted to, to share with you Victor Olsen, twenty eight goals last year, right? He played seventy five games. Power play goals were down. We saw which Yes, down, but he also was on the second unit for the majority of the year. He didn't have a lot of the same playing time he did the year before, mm-hmm. to be fair. He played 75 games. We saw him in and out of the lineup in the final stretch, which, you know, might make you believe uh, which, you know, with Kevin Adams and Granado's thoughts of him are if he's not in there when they're trying to make that potential playoff push. 28 goals, 75 games. Can I just share with you a couple of other 28 goal scorers around the league? Mm-hmm. Anze Kopitar, mm-hmm. Anders Lee, Jonathan Marchessault, Marty Natius, Joe Pavelski, Pavelski, Ricard Raquel, and guys who had 27, Alex Dabrinkit, Logan Couture, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Jake DeBrusque, so Evgeny you're, Malkin. You're getting at. So, with less games played, Olafson outscored a lot of superstar players. But what but, do all of those... Those players you just named, not all of them, yep. almost all of them mm-hmm. have a defensive, not only not do they have a defensive liability, but most of them have a defensive attribute that is above average. Logan Couture, a center, That's a great true. great center, dash 30. Correct that the San Jose Sharks, Sharks not that great. Alex Dabrinkit, Ottawa was not far behind the Sabres, not far at all in points at the end of the season, Mm-mm. dash 31. Olafson dash twenty three. So I just want to say, you know, we're talking about when Joe says dash plus minus. I'm sorry, it means plus minus, which means when you're on the ice. For those who are relatively new to hockey, you want to learn when you are on the ice when a goal is scored against your team, unless you are shorthanded and you're on the ice, your team is shorthanded, you get a minus. Now plus minus is vastly not is not used nearly as much as it was back in the day because it's very, very, very relative. And it can be skewed. But it still does show in a very broad sense when you're on the ice for more of your goals. But it doesn't take into account who's who's on the ice against you, who you're on the ice with. Your your zone starts if you're starting yep. more shifts in the offensive zone, defensive zone. I just wanted to yeah, say true. that about so plus I mean, minus. in essence, we could dive into stats all we want, you know. But I just like Tommy said, how are we going to replace those goals? Twenty eight goals. That's a fair amount of goals. Yeah, it goals is. win games, and that's just simple. In the so regular season, they do. Yeah, they win. Goals wins games always. You do need to score more goals than the other team. That's to win. kind of the whole purpose of playing. Hockey. Last I checked. Yes. But anyways, I just <laughs> want to, you know, he's up there with some really good goal scorers, and maybe, you know, in his mind, maybe a different look, different opportunity could be great for him. But I love Olison. I think he has a lot to bring to the team. Uh, I think he has a lot to contribute, and he's still young, and his game's great. But, you know, if there's a lot of young players coming up from Rochester and our young guns where the the roster spots down the wing, pretty limited. So, Yeah, the... That's the big question is it's not whether or not Olofsson is and this goes for just trades in general. We don't we're not trying to say Olofsson's bad, not trying to say he's a detriment. We're not even saying that there's like an obvious need to trade him. But the question with trading any player is what replacement are you going to have or replacements and are they actually going to replace not only make we need a this trade needs to make the defensive 
aspect of a forward better, but you also need to replace 28 goals. So to replace 28 goals and make the defense better, that is not something you can just snap your fingers and have happen immediately. One or the other, that's doable. But to be to say I am trying to get rid of one player to make my defense better and replace above league at league average scoring, that is not an easy trade to make. So that is kind of like the question of every trade is, is there an option? We, we're not going to make this trade just so that we can say we pulled the trigger on something. There has to be an option that really does fit the mold. And I'm not so sure that there is right off the, the top of the um, trading sheet saying yeah. like, and I, I'm going to interject. I don't think that the trade option that they're going to be looking for is a one-on-one or a one-for-one. Sure. I don't think it's going to be an Olafson for a player to replace what we want instead of him. I think it's going to be to open up room for other players to fill that But board. are the players coming up going to score 28 goals and not be defensive? It's That's true. It's a good point. So is Olafson, and this is the question, because we the Sabres have recently, sorry, recently been linked to trade rumors with Brett Pesci from the mm-hmm. Hurricanes, which would be a awesome ad for the Sabres. But he's got another year left on his deal, and the extension talks for him would be hefty. Yeah. Uh, and what I, no, yeah, I was going to say hefty as in like an eight-year deal, you know, in the range of six-plus million a year for one of the statistically better pure defensive defensemen in today's NHL, which the Sabres need. They do need they do, that. But if we talk... Power extension, Darlene extension, and Samuel yeah. already extended. Do we really want to have four long-term committed well, defensemen? Well, also, I, I will say that Olafson's not any trade that would possibly happen for Brett Pesci. Olafson's not going to be included in that trade. The Hurricanes don't need Victor Olafson. Well, I mean, this year they could have used them. Uh, Three of their best scorers know, went down. Yes, they did. That's true. But yeah. they have they Olafson would score forty-five goals as a Hurricane. You they're, think so? With their offense. 40 goals. Man, maybe playing. Maybe. I think Brendan Moore, if we talk about what he's lacking defensively, I don't know if Rob Brendan Moore would like him out there in the D-zone. not that saying that. I'm saying that he, trade would, doesn't make he sense would score for, a lot of goals there. That doesn't make sense for Carolina. Olofsson would not be yeah. included in the deal for Brett Pesci to the Hurricanes. Could he be included in another deal for another NHL-ready defenseman right now to another team? Uh, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. But I think more, depending on the player, more would have to go the other way to whoever it is. I mean... Um, the Sabres are kind of gearing into that timetable where they are in their their organization and from their rebuild where um, they're almost getting ready to be able to pull the trigger on these higher ticket free agents that want to come to Buffalo now. They'll have they'll have more negotiation tactic and trades um, because they're not bottom feeders. They want to start winning a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly sure. Like when we get into our off season deep dives, we're gonna talk about the trade market a little bit more and actual options that are available. I wanted to keep the conversation more on Victor Olofsson specifically. Um, And, I mean, a lot of teams out there, a lot of teams would take 28 goals. Yeah. They would. And so here's the question. Here's a question. Who, how, if the Sabres trade Olofsson, and it seems very likely that they will, they free up four point, you know, what is it? 4.8 million is a salary. Yeah. 4.7 million. They free up 4.7 million of cap unless they're bringing back, cap from another for another player but they lose 28 goals they lose that's a roster spot freed up so who's going to replace with those goals are we going to see um jack quinn continue to progress i think the sabers bank on yeah quinn's going to score yeah. a few more paterka's going to score a few more tuck might even put in a couple more greenway a full season with the sabers might do a little bit more cousins and right? let's not forget the surplus of wingers that we have 
right. in the AHL and overseas. We've got some really good young talent, and I think that with this whole aspect of the Sabres moving towards playoffs and hopefully towards a championship in the next you know handful of years, we're not just going to need the core group that we have now. We're going to need the players who are in the AHL or overseas or will be getting drafted this year. They're going to have to be contributors in this run as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, looking at it from the outside, it might be as simple as, hey, you know, we just signed back Kyle Poso, so there's a winger spot in the bottom six that we know is going to be locked up. There's three spots for that, you know, bottom six wingers-ish. You know, we've got a lot of young talent, yeah, so it could just be to give some room for some guys to grow this next year. Yeah, Zemgis Gergensens is the only. Well, there are the Sabers only have a Sabers don't do not have a lot of free agents this no. offseason. They have a couple of our, uh, restricted free agents and a couple of unrestricted free agents. Hennis Jones is one, right? Henny is a UFA. Tyson Jost and uh, Cal uh, Clay are RFAs. And for those who want to know the difference between an unrestricted free agent and a restricted free agent, the layman's terms to put it is essentially when you're young. And you sign your first contract. It's called an entry-level contract, which is, depending on your age, um, you receive the minimum league minimum salary for tip. It's typically what happens is three years, and then after that, when you're a restricted free agent, your team has the exclusive rights to to work with you and sign you until you get to a certain age and amount of experience in the NHL. At which point eventually you're able to become an unrestricted free agent. When you're a restricted free agent, only the organization that has the rights to that player can negotiate, can sign him outright. If another team wants to take a stab at signing a restricted free agent, and you might ask, well, if you ever are looking at a restricted free agent list, there's superstars up and down restricted free agent lists mm. every year. Teams can't pursue them without submitting an offer sheet. And depending on the player's salary that is being offered depends on how much draft pick compensation the team that's making the offer has to send back to that team. So, for example, Tyson Joseph is a restricted free agent this year for the Sabres. The Sabres have exclusive negotiating rights with Jost. Unless another team puts out an offer sheet to Jost, and let's say Jost's salary that they're offering him is $1.5 million. The compensation that they that team, let's say the Ducks, are trying to sign him would have to give the Sabres to in order to do that is like a third round draft pick. Yeah. When a player is like ten million dollars plus, it's like four first round draft picks. So it does make a difference. When you're UFA or RFA, it does Big make time. a difference. But so the Sabres, you know, they're off season. Again, Tom said we are going to dive into that deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but you know, it's something Gergensen's, to look at. Gergensen's was the one point that I wanted to make with that. And I went on a tangent, I'm sorry. But Gergensen's was the one like you'd said Oak Posto got signed back. There's another roster spot. Yep. Gergensen's is kind of the last like core guy that we're wondering is he going to return or not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and again, more we can talk about there on Gergensen's. I loved him in the bottom six. He's a guy with grit, passion, hard work every single night. So we'll see what they end up doing. But Olufsen, you know, we might have something, you know, as we move into the couple weeks. But Sabres talk, again, we are going to deep dive into their offseason, the draft, uh, and what we think we want the roster to look like moving into October of next year. But uh, for Sabres talk, I think that's probably going to do it for today. And we are going to uh, shift our focus to a team that is struggling a little bit. Do we have any do we have any fun time game for Sabres? I did. I have I have something that's interesting. I I'll, I'll take one question off of it. 
instead of getting too deep into it because we do want to yell at the world about the Yankees. Yeah, we, we have do. a lot of Yankees stuff yeah, to, to, yeah, to dive The bulk into. of this is going to be Yankees yeah. Well, at the, yeah. at the end here. So the uh, only thing I'm going to do with the Sabres really quick okay. is do you guys have – you can rattle off the outdoor games that the Yan- that the Sabres have played. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Give it to me. Uh, uh, the first one first classic. classic 2008 at, Penguins. at the time, Ralph Wilson. Um, they lost in a shootout, like three to two. Never think, probably Crosby scoring on Miller in that game. And then the Sabers got an outdoor game against the Rangers at uh, where was that game in 2018? It was in New York. It wasn't at the Yankee Stadium, was it? Mm-mm. I don't think so. It was. It was in New Jersey. It was in New Jersey. Um, I remember that. Anyway, they played the Rangers in the 2018. And last year they played Toronto. Winter Classic. Uh, two years ago. They played Toronto, not last year. Two years ago in the Heritage Classic. I Got think it. it was. Do you guys have like the scores? You okay. Uh, that was gonna that was gonna be the game. All right, that was ready? Be the game. Oh eight Winter Classic. The Sabers lose to the Penguins. Three two. Three to two in a shootout. Mm-hmm. The oh eight Winter Classic. I'm switching over. I thought you were going the other direction. Sorry. Two to one. <sighs> okay. 2018 Winter Classic. The Sabers lose to the Rangers. Four to one. Again, I switched to the other one <laughs> again. The 2018 Winter Classic, the Sabres lose to the Rangers 3-2 to in overtime. I don't remember that. I don't that. remember that no. either. It was at City Field. Because okay. the Sabres, they had to market the Sabres for that game, and yeah. all we had was Eichel. Yeah. They were like, yeah, Jack it. Eichel's here. And the and Heritage the Classic 2022, March uh, what, 13th. 5-2 win, right? 5-2 win. Yeah. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. Because yeah. Dylan Cousins Tomer, was outside the glass. Wasn't that, was it Tomer who laid out Matthews in that game, or was it Cousins? Or Darlene? Mm-hmm. So yeah. one of those three, I, <laughs> I just named Matthews. Because they bundled. showed clips of it the la- last year when the Sabers played the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Leafs. They yeah. showed clips of it. All right, that was cool. Best best jersey out of all those games because they are literally almost all the same. Sabres yeah, they're all the same. Never did the best jersey cool. in all those. The games best jersey was the Penguins, was the Penguins first yes. Winter Classic oh, I was powder. Blue. Yeah, I know you were, but yeah. that's how bad the Sabers jerseys have been. So the Penguins is the best Sabers. They're jersey. not great. Didn't they yeah, wear no, the disgusting right. yellow and like the blue? Well, the Sabres' third jersey the, back in the day? Oh, yeah, the awful. They, they didn't wear that. No. They, no, they, they wore a white. They times, would right? never be yeah. offered a uh, Future episode, game, yeah. we might want to talk best and wear Sabres jerseys. Oh. Now, Joey, do you have to pee? Joey's got to go. If you don't Joey's have to go, we can go. use that later. No, I do. Okay, Tommy. This is the official Joey P segment. We're tentatively calling it Joey's Got It. I am 100% out on that. Set. I do not like that name. Well, it's the name right now. Three, so, two, one, go. There goes Joey. Tommy, name as many cheeses as you can. Go. Cheeses? Cheeses, go. Parmesan. Uh, Joey just... All right, Parmesan, cheddar, pepper jack, uh, Romano, Swiss, uh, Gouda, uh, farm fresh. Uh, <laughs> no, nope, that's not it. You're at six. I've got a list of every cheese. Uh, American. Sure. Provol- Did I say provolone? I don't know. Provolone. I think you might have. Uh, seven and a half. Swiss. Nope, I already said, said Swiss. Uh, I should have uh, been marking these. Ear cheese. Ear. Does that count? <laughs> no, it does not. It's a cheese. Foot it cheese, is a cheese. Toe cheese. You're losing um, it. You have seven. Maybe seven and a half. Uh, Yancey's fancies. You are not doing great. I've, I've, I'm gonna start naming them cheddar. from from the top of my head. Oh. Uh, 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 Mozzarella. Blue. Oh. <laughs> Blue cheese Blue's is good. Blue is good. Brie. Cheddar. You said cheddar. I said cheddar. Colby. Colby oh, Jack. that's good. Colby John. Uh, no, that's not Joey's real. back. Joey, name a cheese that starts with the letter G. Greer. <laughs> name another one. Wow. Gouda. All right, name one that starts with L. 
I have a list of every cheese. Joe, Joe's a cook, by the way. This is unfair. For I named the, the, all the hits. All right, name one that starts with H. You're a fake cheese. Havarti. Guy. How do you know that? Nice job. Name Joe. one that starts with um, P. That's not pepper jack, provolone, or parmesan. <laughs> uh, I have pepper one. jack, parmesan, provolone. If you get this, I'll do a backflip. It's poop cheese. Poop cheese. I don't know. What is it? Paneer. I didn't know that was a cheese. All right, that's all the cheeses that we said. I said Yancey's fancy. Those not. There's a lot more. Yancey's cheeses. fancies is a brand. I know. No free ads. All right. Um, moving on. Did he that say was... Camembert? No, bro. That's my favorite cheese. Who no knows one... what Camembert? That's a made-up. It's words. a cave-ripened cheese. I don't do have you like it on my brie? list. Oh yeah, I do. Like brie cheese. Fresh yeah. Camembert like a cheese is camembert a bland. Brie are like cousins. Fresh Camembert cheese is a bland, hard, and crumbly. Is bland, hard, and crumbly, but becomes smoother with a runny interior as it ages. It has a rich, buttery flavor with a rind that's meant to be eaten. <laughs> a rich, buttery, <laughs> buttery, buttery, flaky, flaky crust. No, Shout George. Out couple. It's right. supposed to be buttery, flaky crust. One of the greatest videos of all time. If you have never seen it, uh, pull out your smartphone or tablet or whatever you're listening or watching on. And check out the video of the commercial of the old couple, and it is classic, trying to say buttery, flaky Also, it check out our time. TikTok is up and running just as a, a, oh. pro, a mid-in promo, because I can imagine that our TikTok editor will take that cheese segment and post the cheese segment, and then anyone who doesn't know our podcast will see it and think we're like a food podcast, and they'll come check us out when we're just about balls and pucks. Are they going to clip in any Charlie Kelly? Hmm. That would be funny. What is this enticing bowl oh, of white? I'm sorry. I can't help myself. So Sabres talk. I think that's it for that, and that's it for the cheese, cheese talk. talk is done. So speaking of cheese, we are transitioning into the land that has more lobsters than cheese. Boston Brutal. Red Sox what was taking the full three-game sweep against our beloved... Oh! <sighs> New York Yankees. And the so Yankees, sad. I will just say this. We we can dive into our specifics. It does not feel good in Yankee land right now. It doesn't feel good. And I think Tommy's <laughs> expressive yell, scream, moan uh, just shows where we're at right now. So here's a story. I'm a drummer, for those who don't know. And I tell this story sometimes to students. This will be very quick. Sometimes when you're drumming, you keep the snare drum um, down about near your knees, maybe a little bit above your knees, right? So one time I was playing a show uh, in Jamestown, and I played in, growing up, I played in like hard, heavy metal bands and stuff like that, right? So I was playing, and I'd come down, I hit the snare, and it was, again, dangerously close to your knees and your thighs and whatever. So in this particular show, every time I came down and hit the snare, which is very often, I would punch myself in the thigh, Mm. okay? I hit myself in the thigh really hard. On purpose? No. Okay. I'm hitting the snare and boom, I hit my, because it was just, I don't know why. I Maybe I just didn't set it up like I normally do. Anyway, after the show was done, I was set, like tearing down my drums and after a little bit, my leg really started hurting and I looked at my thigh and I had this huge welt, huge bruise on my thigh. Compare it to a uh, fruit. Um... In size or like size. circumference? But, well, but no, it circumference of your bruise? It wasn't You're very... You're talking about like rays. I'm not saying how, no, no, no. how wide was it? Oh, like... What kind of fruit could you uh, fit on top of it? Like, I don't know. 
a cantaloupe? No. No way. No your, shot. your leg's not even that big. It was like. There's no shot you had a cantaloupe bruise. No, a cantaloupe bruise. It was, it was bruisalope? It was enormous. It was enormous. It was a bruisalope. I'm bringing in a cantaleope and putting it against your leg. I, I know, it's bigger than your Seriously, it was leg. a huge okay. bruise. All right, continue. Huge. Continue. So I beat myself up all night. The New York Yankees oh, are just beating the ever-living crap out of themselves night in and night out because they have a laundry list of players underperforming. And I don't know if Aaron Judge's presence or not, not his having his presence on the field right now is truly that much of a difference. But the Yankees, like I did back in the day, hitting myself over and over again, the Yankees are hitting themselves over and over again by consistently rolling out the same group of duds and not making any adjustments. Not make, There has to be some adjustment to be made. And I know that Boone has the cards that he has. And Joey, you said that last episode. And what is Aaron Boone supposed to do? Nothing. Those are the cards that he has. So I'm looking at the front office. I'm calling out the front office right now. Brian Cashman and Co. If I if I was Hal Steinbrenner Steinbrenner? Steinbrenner. If I was Hal Steinbrenner and I just watched my two hundred and eighty million dollar payroll team that I know some is on the injured list, I understand that. Get swept. By the last place Boston Red Sox, your arch rival for 130,000 years at Fenway Park in the middle of a race, I would be on the horn right now telling Cashman, Cash, you either demote somebody, you make a trade tonight, or your bald head is gonzo. A team that was before this three-game set below 500, and now a team that is only two games back of the Yankees. I'm going to interject a voice I was going to say voice of reason, but you were actually, that was a reasonable tone, Joey. Thank Jacob, you. I'm um, mad. I understand that you're mad. I think that yelling for Cashman's head, as much as good as it feels, mm-hmm. is not a productive conversation. Not Only, at all. It's not, and it's not even worth saying it should happen because the chances of it happening are, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you in any way. The chances of anything like that happening are not slim. They're zero. Right. I'm not saying that you're... What, my, I'm not calling for Brian Cashman to be fired. Well, I kind of am. But he won't. Right. They shouldn't have extended him for four the years. The point is... A move needs... My point was a move should be made. If I was Steinbrenner, that was my point. But continue. Yeah. And you I, got hot, Tom. You got hot. You yeah, got real got hot. By the Boston and no, I you respect the heat. What I'm saying is, if we're going to get heated, maybe there's other people that are actually do, actively mm-hmm. doing something bad. And and I understand. Look at the history. The last five years of Cashman's move moves. There's been a lot of low level moves that have been fantastic, and a lot of high level moves that have not been great. Mm. And that's kind of been the mo for a while for Cashman. Is that under the radar, a lot of the bottom half of your war creating guys have been great moves. And when there's a big move to be made, whether it's a signing or a trade, those have fallen flat. So I think if we're gonna yell. Which I'm happy to do as well, because off air we all yell. There are people that we want to be great players, and we love and have loved for years. Mm-hmm. That we should be yelling at. We'll start offensively, and I think we can go right down the the lineup. Tonight's lineup: Jake Bowers at leadoff. Yeah. He's been great. After that, great. our next three or four guys Stand. have just been painful. painful can we watch. recall in great Yankees teams and great Yankees eras, and we talked about this a bit last week, but how important 
a leadoff hitter is. Yeah, I know. And no offense to Jake Bowers. He has been very good. He yeah, has. A couple His numbers are good. In the first game His today. at-bats look good. He's in there. He's working long counts. He's taking great swings. But if you told me that Jake Bowers was going to be our leadoff hitting the leadoff left hitter, fielder yeah. in the middle of June, I would laugh and say, no way. No way. Well, I the mean, lineup is tough. It really is tough. It hurts. There, it, it, there's no other way around it. And like I said before, I am not a Boone critic. I think the numbers speak for themselves. The players respect him a lot. He is an incredible manager. But when you get dealt this lineup over and over again, like Tommy said, there's only so much you can do. You know, there's really only so much you can do. But what Tommy said in the beginning of his rant before he got really hot. Even with Judge in this lineup, it really I don't think that they'd be winning baseball games. There's a point in last season that Judge literally put the Yankees on his back and carried him for carried the team for almost a full month. I don't think he could do that right well, now, I'm, even at his best. I'm gonna jump in and say I dis I'm going to disagree with you because this year he has already. Judge the Yankees with Judge this year are the Yankees that the record is well not any was showing. The almost the top of the league, except for the unbelievable Tampa Bay Rays. The the with Judge this year, the Yankees have been fantastic, and he's carried them an un almost unprecedented amount. Without Judge this year, before today, which in which they scored a total of three runs today, correct? Two runs in the first game and one in the second game. In two games, yeah. In two games, they were the worst batting average in MLB without Aaron Judge in the lineup, and the second-worst OPS on base plus slugging, which after today I guarantee they're last in that as well. I know that the Yankees are, since the Judge injury, maybe even before, but I know since the Judge injury the Yankees are second-to-last, um, second-to-last only to the Royals, Kansas City Royals, in on-base percentage. Did you just say that? You OPS just- and, yes. And you said this. OPS. Yeah, I, I, also on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I know that they're dead last. And the Kansas City Royals are 18 and 50-something. Yeah, it's bad. But the Yankees have been playing at that rate, yes. almost at that rate, for the last two weeks. It's- since Judge got hurt, we're, what, 4-8 and eight or something like that? 3-8 and eight since Judge got hurt? 1-2. Since three, he lost his big toe? 3-and-1-2-3-4-5-6-7-8-9. 3-9. Judge's big toe just popped off his foot and just ran away. Aaron Boone <laughs> said it's an average size, a reasonable size toe. That can't be true. There's it's nothing about that toe. man that's reasonable sized. You know what's? No. I just. So, anyways, let's. Okay, so <laughs> let's look at. It's so... If we're if we're staying at this offense, let's let's take a productive look at this offense. Mm-hmm. Glaber Torres has been fair. One of the bright spots in a mountain of poop. In his OPS, I love OPS. That's my go-to offensive stat. If we're not getting advanced. If we're going to advance Babip, Xwoba, there's a lot of other things. but No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You looked at me like I was going to say something and I wanted to, but I, I disregarded myself, so go. Okay. If we're looking at OPS, on-base percentage plus slugging, the amount you get on-base plus the amount that you hit doubles, triples, and home runs. Glaber Torres, of the healthy players, or of the qualified players, rather, is third on the team, fourth on the team. The players above him, two of them are Heron, er, Heron Judge, Aaron Judge and Harrison Bader. Who are injured. Who are not. And Harrison Bader is not he's, a career offensive player. No, and he's only got 90 plate appearances. So. And the other player is Anthony Rizzo, who's only in that position because of his hot 
home run lead in April. So OPS, how much you get on base, how much you hit the ball really far, which is one of my favorite stats. The Yankees are miserable, an absolute miserable. It's not it's not pretty at all. We have people in the five and six hundreds over and over again, which are just below, significantly below league average. We have four above league average players. Two of them are Bader and Judge. It's just not enough. This is a, that's the roster. It's not surprising. Our t- the 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 Yankees are not playing below what they're expected to be playing this year. They w- they're winning the amount of games that they should be winning based on how they're playing. Mm-hmm. They're not losing games they should be winning. They're losing because they're yeah. bad. The the bottom line, like, I mean, oh, I I love getting into the statistics. OBP looking at on base per- percentage right now. There are alarming numbers on for on base percentage for some of these players that normally are much higher. We had a uh, discussion about DJ LeMahieu um, last episode a little bit. LeMahieu rocking a two nine one on base percentage is tough. And on base percentage for those who don't know that is hit hits plus it's like your average plus walks. It's when you get on base. It doesn't include it does not include errors stuff like that. It, how much you get on base? Yeah, correct. So. A two night like Aaron Judges is a four oh four, which is superhuman. But even if you want to go older school and look at averages, and the fact that Josh Donaldson, even with fifty three at bats, is hitting one fifty one. He has eight hits this year, and six of them are home runs. He has not been hitting the ball. He makes a lot of money. For not hitting the ball, and I know that I'm not going to go like uh, crazy Yankee fan, like ah, demote him, send him to AAA, trade him. It's not that easy. That's not going to happen. I understand that, but and I, these, this is the hand that Boone was dealt, and that we could go all the way back to 2021 with the Donaldson trade, but we won't. Um, but the other names, Stanton, who we adore. If you hate Stanton, you're wrong. I mean, it's okay to hate him right now. <laughs> he's been bad for a while. It, it's okay. We to... know he's bad post injury. Yeah, but it takes. I know it's been a while. It's I get getting that. to the point where you can't really say that anymore. He's been off the IL for that's today was like his 11th game, 10th and 11th games or 11th and 12th yeah, games off the IL. Stanton's actually, besides the playoffs, been bad since June of last year, July, June of last year. Yeah, and but. We know Stan has the, unlike maybe Donaldson, where we could say, okay, he's actually past his prime, the tank is empty. We know Stan has the ability to flip the switch and become one of the best hitters in baseball when he's hot. Well, we haven't seen it. We, we this, hope to see it. Right. We, we, maybe, maybe that conversation is now with Stan, as it is with Donaldson. Maybe it is with LeMahieu. But you know what, guys? Like, the beginning of my rant there, um, like, the whole... Like, if I was Hal and I spent all this money, imagine if you spent $280 million on a product and your arch nemesis who's spending less than you, who's beneath you in the standings, you go into their building and you get swept out. You lose 15 to 5. That game was an embarrassment defensively, offensively, from a managerial standpoint. It was an embarrassment. And I think that when I say if I'm Hal, I'm telling Cash to make a move to shake things up, I'm not saying he has to build a whole new team overnight. I'm saying something. Send somebody down with mm-hmm. options, even if it takes so you're not DFAing a guy. Make a minor trade. Here's Make a minor okay, trade. I got to interject. The players that you can send down who have options are the only players who are hitting. McKinney, Bowers, kind of Calhoun. 
It, well, Cabrera's a different, Cabrera's not hitting, I get but it. the players who aren't hitting are the guys who don't have any options, who have the most money and the least flexibility. That's who aren't hitting. I understand. And I know that what I'm saying, honestly, is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The Yankees are going to ride this out. They're going to, they take, they take June very lately. This is their recovery month. They're waiting for Judge and Bader to get back. Bader's Rodon, back Tuesday. Rodon is close. They're, they're, the Yankees and their process, their thought process right now is, and I'm telling this to everybody, and this is true. Let's stay afloat in the wild card race until the big boys are back. And then once the big boys are back, we should be perfectly fine. What big boys? You have Ju- Aaron Judge, Judge Bader, and- Rodon. And Cortez is still in the IL. Bader is not a f- history of his Bader's career been is not hitting. a big boy. Know, Bader's he- been hitting this year, but he's not the guy. He's not Judge. He's not a Rizzo no. that we expect to come. And, you know, it's defensively, I think, ba- I mean, we all know. Uh, Harrison Bader is one of, if not the best defensive center fielder for sure, but we're, in the game. Yes, true. I know, and I know we're talking about offense, but Bader, regardless, Bader is a proven major league hitter. He will help. He will absolutely he, he, will. He elongates the lineup. He is that will, a word? Elongate. He elongates the lineup. He will help. He I am not arguing that. He, he is in, not the answer to going from Luke getting swept by the Red Sox to winning the World Series, and that's too big of a but, gap. What, like my. Another thing here is just like, was there any heart? Has there been any heart on display? Has there been like, like we talk about like how Boone has dealt what he's dealt, and that's totally fine. But these are all major league ball players. They're all grown men. I mean, baseball is a game is a sport of up and down, hot and cold. It happens to everybody. Only the elite of the elite are able to stay like hot to warm, can sit all the time. And those are the best teams and the best players in history. But even the best players in history in baseball all go through, go through cold streaks. I and think what you're saying about Hart, Tom, I was watching the game today, and they were interviewing Michael King in the yeah. dugout. And uh, cool interview. His dad was up there with the broadcasters. Really neat. The inning was going on. And, you know, at first the Yanks were on the field, so not too many guys in the dugout. But he was in the dugout getting interviewed when they were at bat, too. There was no life. They were down a run. There was no life in the Yankee dugout. None. Do you think that makes... It, it, is that... Is that it? I mean, is that it? Where do the vibes come from? I don't know. Where are they going to come it's, from? But, Judge? That's what it, it's what it's been for almost but five years. he's in years. that dugout. And you do you need him on the field performing yeah. to get going? It's, that's, the, that's the Yankees team we've I seen. Mean, well, then Aaron Judge as getting... a captain, obviously, to throw more weight on his shoulders, they need to be able to have a spark. It, no matter what, they have to have a spark. That's what I'm saying. Like, remember last year when bad times really hit in August, and we eventually, like, Cashman heard the noise to the point where he called up Floreal, which I'm, we're gonna. I want to get a discussion with him really quick. That was my main another point with the Yanks. And he called up Floreal and Cabrera, and it didn't turn us back into contenders overnight, but it did give us a little juice. It got fans. It it let fans know, and it let maybe the clubhouse know that you know what, guys. You are performing bad, and we need to make a couple of moves. And to Jacob's point, who can you call up? Who can you send down? The options are really limited. The guys you want to call up are up. Uh, They're already up. Except for Peraza. And Florio. And let's talk really quick about Florio. All right, you give yours. I'll give mine. Okay. Joey mentioned last episode when we were talking about the Yankees' offense, and this is an ongoing conversation with the offense that seems to – it's going to happen every single episode, it seems, until they start hitting collectively – Joey brought up a great point about um, 
a lack of left-handed hitters that produce consistently on the Yankees. And I know right now Bowers has been hitting. Calhoun's been McKinney's been hitting. McKinney's been hitting. Uh, he he was on a hitting streak. I think it slum- it cracked today, mm-hmm. but he did. Yeah, um, he got one in the second game. And obviously we have Rizzo, but like Joey said last episode, lefties that are going to be in the starting lineup in Game One of the playoffs. There's one, and that's Anthony Rizzo. Jacob, you said that that's one. Joey mentioned that I'm going back and forth that the lefties you want. We don't have so, and Joey also talked about how the Yankees don't have a, a left fielder. So here's my question for you two. Okay, I thought about this the other day and before I was sleeping because when I don't know about you guys, but when I think of stuff before I when I'm trying to fall asleep, it makes me help help me fall asleep faster. Like when I'm thinking when I'm laying in bed and I want to fall asleep fast, I just start thinking of something in my head, like having a conversation with myself or thinking of something, and then. No, not you guys. I, when that, when I keeps of, me up. At yeah, night. when I think of something, I oh, continue to yeah, think about it. Yeah, it puts me to sleep. I actually uh, I just try to visualize like a black blanket being put over a light. Interesting. And that helps. Like, there's nothing. Okay. There's nothing. I have a conversation. So completely with myself, opposite. And, then I and so, well, well, at night you were thinking, Tom, Estevan Floriel. Right now, um, I wanted to get his stats up, and I was a little too late on that. Uh, I've got some. What are you looking at? Just, just his baseline stats. Um, he, I know he right now is absolutely destroying the cover off the ball in AAA. Um, and Floriel has been given opportunity at the major league level. In theory, Floriel is quite literally exactly what the Yankees need on their team. A left-handed hitting. If his play can transition completely from AAA to the MLB. I'm saying in theory... If you said, if you told the Yankee fan, hey, we or Yankees fans know that they need, they need a left fielder, a left-handed hitting left fielder generally, who can play defense and has elite speed and is killing. If I said, hey, there is actually a left-handed hitting left fielder, center fielder really, hitting the cover off the ball right now with elite speed and elite defense, and he's in the minors, we should call. We should probably call him up, right? Because that's what the Yankees need. Yeah, you'd think so. However, Floriel in years past, has never been able to hit at the major league level. Jacob kind of said it last episode. We didn't really talk about it. So here's my question to you guys. Do the Yankees either A, make that quote-unquote drastic move by giving Estevan Floreal a a shot right now, and that would mean a corresponding move down. So I don't know if that's Cabrera whatever, but that's another, you know, we need outfielders. Do they give him another shot? Knowing that they can't option him back down, he'd have to be DFA'd, correct, Jacob? Correct, yeah. And knowing. Or do they continue to let him kill it in AAA and use him as a trade piece come the deadline? I hate to to be the negative Nancy. Neither are that, in my opinion, neither are that plausible or that beneficial. He has a 1.049 OPS in AAA, which is... Excellent. That would be, in the majors, that would be a top five player. Obviously, it's not the majors. There are players who have one dot in in AAA, who have major league experience, who have proven themselves, who have far less value than you're saying he might have. I don't think there's much of any. I don't think this is that big of a conversation. He's failed at the major league level for three years. Like, if I think if you were to show us his stat line and go, you know, full locked character in a video game, can't see them, you know, completely mm-hmm. blurred out, blacked out, you know, mm-hmm. can't see it. If we saw the stat line right now in AAA with no name, no picture, we'd say, huh, 
outfielder, fast, left-handed, super good on the bases, super good in the outfield. Yeah, let's. we need that. We've seen Florial. We've seen a decent amount of Florial. Eh. And he not only can't hit at the major league level, at times it was bad. It was bad. He's never been giving a large sample size. No, no. I'm jumping in. But how 20... many small sample sizes does it take to get a He good only idea? has 63 MLB appearances 20, in his career. Yeah, 2022 plate appearances. 2022. Not yeah, game appearances, 30, plate appearances. 31 at-bats last year, 2022. He hit under 100. <laughs> he had, he had uh, three Small hits. sample size. He but... had three hits and 31 at-bats. The previous year he had six hits in 20 at-bats. And then he he appeared in one game in 2020. But uh, when you look at, I mean, uh, at some point, you guys, at some point, the stats cannot be ignored, right? I mean, guys, he's got 214 at bats. He's hitting 304 with a 395, and a one. And like Jacob said, he's one dotting. He's got he's got 18 home runs in AAA yeah. this year. At so- some point. See, I'm not I'm not on the same page as you because I'll tell you why, if you let me say it. No. No, what I mean is I'm just kidding. It's this is not easy to hear because it's here's what I'm gonna say. Oswald Peraza has not quite a one dot, but has a very good slash line in triple A. Mm-hmm. There is a the three outfielders that you would option to get Estevan Floro on the team are three of our best hitters right now. If you look at well, Calhoun's cooled down, but Bowers, McKinney. Op- can Bowers be optioned? Bowers? Yeah, I they called him out of options. I don't think. No, they I brought him out. I think Bowers had options. I know yeah. Calhoun is. So maybe Bowers doesn't. Either way, the three outfielders that you would get rid of are actually hitting for Florio. And my counter is if the players who are hitting the least, LeMahieu and Donaldson, are playing third base, if you're going to make a move based on AAA stats, it would be Peraza for one of those two guys, yeah. and not Floreal for our only hitters right now. Obviously, that's not going to happen because of money, because of experience. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But you, I don't think you can argue ignoring numbers when they're ignoring numbers in a position that's of way more need. I, I think, I dis- Jacob, the position in need right now is the outfield. N- not offensively. Offensively, their position of need are third base, Primarily third base and shortstop. Okay, and DH. How about defensively too, Jacob? Jake Bowers, IKF, Willie Calhoun yeah. are getting everyday reps in the outfield. Jake Bowers was completely overmatched in the outfield at Fenway Park. He was completely overmatched. You said it yourself the other day, the porch job or last week against the White Sox. Willie Calhoun's playing right field in Yankee Stadium. He's not tall enough to even stand on a step stool and then jump and then go on to another step stool and then like Mario on the bricks and bloop, 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 and make a catch. He's, and I love Willie, but he's not even, like, he is not an outfielder. So Floriel has elite speed. He's an elite defender. So even for that regard, and not to mention that he's killing it in AAA, I understand your point completely. And I agree with uh, with the Peraza point too, but the Yankees have an influx of infielders right mm-hmm. now and designated hitters, and none of them are, like, None of them are performing. Donaldson, LeMahieu, Volpe, none of them are performing. But if we were to make a move, I mean, I'm not, based on the sample sizes that, based on the sample sizes that uh, Floriel's got, which isn't a lot, we say he hasn't hit at the major league level yet, and that's true. But the sample size 
Maybe it hasn't been big enough, you guys. Maybe he hasn't gotten enough run in. Yeah. What better time to give a guy who's destroying AAA right now a chance than right now? So uh, the, we, the we only just reason got swept by Boston. The only reason I disagree with you, and I will say this, is that you talk to Cashman. You've seen Cashman's. You've seen Boone. When they get asked, you know, what's going on? How are you guys going to get out of this rough patch? Mm-hmm. Over and over again, hey, we're getting our guys back. We're going to get our guys back. We're getting our guys back. I think they're going to try to just get Judge back, get Bader back, get healthy, and figure things out. I yeah, I really do. So I, That's it would what be, I said. That's I what don't I know. Said. The Yankees are taking June as yeah. like a recovery month, and they're trying to float. Until yeah. after the All Star break, but if you sure. look at if you look at the roster and what you know you're gonna want to do come playoffs or a playoff push or a wild card push, if we're gonna be there, we very realistically are gonna be in a wild card hunt probably, based on how the, the division looks right now. You know, then you know what, Tom, I you've you've won me over, man. Why not? We we need a spark. Why Let's not? Go call Bring him up. up. Why not? And if he comes up and he bats a hundred, well. There you go. No what worth worse is than he, anyways. A lot of other players are hitting right now. Yeah. It, can it be any worse? It can be it worse. It can be worse. <laughs> it can be worse. It be worse. We're not the Royals, I mean, but you know it's not uh, great in Yankee smart, Land. Man. There's a there's way more negative than there is positive. See, I think right you guys now. are also missing the, I, the the what seems to be obvious that the Yankees do not like having Esfand Florial on their team. If they wanted mm-hmm. him on the team, he would be on the team. They had no reason to have Calhoun, Bowers, McKinney, Franchi Cordero, Oswald Cabrera, all above him on the depth chart. If they didn't, if they wanted him, he would be on the team. So yeah. I, it's not going to happen. I, I no, it probably won't happen. And I guess that that was the other question. I guess we'll just end it here. And I suppose Jacob, the answer to my question was, and Joey answered it too. Do you give him another shot, or do you continue to let him rake and maybe use him as a trade piece? And can he be a trade piece? Or, no one cares. I mean, but Jacob, no. Yes, they do. A team that is out of the playoff race is going to take a shot on a guy that's destroying AAA that hasn't had that much that uh, experience at the MLB. Potentially, MLB but level. a team out of the playoff race isn't looking to trade for a player who's almost off of their contract, who, if they pull him to... The majors, he has a couple months to be above average for a below average team. But that's that's not the trade. That's not the value. Florial's twenty five years old. Yeah. That means he only has two years left, yeah. including this year. I'm just saying. I, I think the Yankees, if they're not going to call him up, then they're better off just. Uh, hopefully, he can continue to rake. And I think they because if they're never going to call him up, never going to give him another shot, they might as well try to move him. So might, I mean, they might as well try. We have another off day tomorrow, right? Off day tomorrow. Yankees don't so, play on Monday in June. Monday, tomorrow being Monday. And we're recording we are, on Sunday. And they, Yankees take on Seattle. Hopefully, right. by the time we so. record next, we're only going to have one and a half games played by the time we record. I do hope that we hear something. I do. I hope that it's not dead silent because the Yankees have to be shaken up after this. Besides Bader coming no, back. No, yes. that's, that's what I, their move is. What's something. the corresponding move to Bader, by the way? What's the move going to be? Is it... I, Cabrera. in my opinion, because yeah. he has options. Yes, very much. Or Calhoun. I do you think they're going to finally pull the trigger. He's I don't, been. He hasn't, he hasn't played. He hasn't played. He didn't no. play in either of the double header. No, I think today. it's Calhoun. Yeah, Cabrera is versatile. Yeah, That's, yeah Calhoun is a DH or a very minimal a outfielder. But Cabrera can play outfield. He, he even played center field in triple air in spring training. You remember so. watching him play in playoffs? I remember Cabrera. Uh, yeah, playing left field. You guys were at game. Three, game was three. It? No, game four. 
No, game three. It was game, game three. three. Game three. You guys were in mm-hmm. Cleveland for game three. I was at a hockey tournament. I couldn't come or I was. We're talking of the ALDS. ALDS last, last season. Funny story. We actually year. accidentally had tickets to game four. Jacob uh, bought the wrong night's ticket, so we had to uh, <laughs> figure out anyways what we were going to do. But, yeah, Yankees, I don't know. Maybe we'll see something between now and when we talk next. But it's not looking hot, boys. It's not looking hot in Yankee land, and I hope yeah. that there's brighter topics that we have in the next couple episodes because since we started this podcast, which hasn't been that long, it has been negative Yankee talk over and over again. Yeah, the only positive Yankee talk we've had is the bullpen, yeah. which got roughed up in yep. Boston. And uh, But you know what? Eventually, only so much duct tape can hold the cracks of the dam together before it starts bursting together. And the, the Not going to do great underwater. The, was that no. Robert Frost? That was beautiful. Uh, that was actually Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. Um, just nope. not true. Not it. I've, and anyway, but yeah, the bullpen has been literal, like, duct tape over bullet holes for the Yankees. And eventually it's just not going to keep it together. And it finally broke. The well, dam finally broke in Boston. It, it, if you're a human being, all of these bullpen pitchers are human beings. They have to know. I know the professionals. I know. But they have to know going in that they have to be so perfect yeah, because it, the mental strain, and then once one of their fellow bullpenners lets up a run or two, the ability to easily lose the energy or the fight has to be real, that these pitchers come in and be like, can't be energized. It's I mean, going in knowing that your team's going to score one or two runs. That's the problem. At, they're human beings. It has to be taken at all. That's the problem. When you know, like, I have to be perfect or else we're not going to win because we can't score. So, anyway. Um, well, I have uh, something quickly yeah, to let's close do us something out. Quick. So um, let's let's be uh, let's be um, fun times because it's so I hate talking negative uh, on the Yanks. So um, you know, let's let's wrap it up with some fun time. Go Yankee and uh, go Yankee. Go Yankee. Yankee Just the one. He put a feather in Careful, his butt copyright. and called it macaron. So, and, no, no one owns that. Um, so here's the setup. This I am holding in my hand is a game called Pitch. <laughs> it is a New York Yankees <laughs> trivia game. In sex from, this was released in, in, in 1987. This was released. Oh, pitch. This was, I was asked to give a shout out, shout out. You can buy us if you'd like. You can give us things and we'll shout you out. This was given to me by Nick Spitzer, who is a fantastic local baseball coach. Um, his grandmother. Did he win suck MVP? Up. Suck up. Did he win an MVP for baseball coach? Because you did. I gave myself an MVP. James he gave off. it to one of his players. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, this was given to, me, to him by his mother and then passed on to me. Um, pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. So this is a Yankees trivia game from 1987, so there are no answers past 1987. <laughs> Wonderful. So just so you know, we were all young and not alive in 1987. Young? None of us were alive. Obviously. It was the... Okay. All right, I'm going to go random on you. Okay. I'm going random on you. But I'm gonna Babe ask, Ruth. It's going to be, oh, that was the answer. Was it really? Yeah. Are you serious? On my life. What was the card? I don't know. I put it away. <laughs> I'm one for one. <laughs> Keep track. It's just, that right. doesn't count. My All right. Here Mickey we go. Mantle. I'm going to take up, one Joe. that two two. is... Um, Shut up, you loser. Ooh, this is fun. This is fun. I beat you in pickleball earlier. This Yankee outfielder won his third most valuable player in 1962. Who is it? Third in 1962. Mickey Mantle. It is Mickey Mantle. I just said that. Yeah, that's why I picked it. I thought that was funny. 
I get the point. I'm, one I'm two problem. for two. Nope. One nothing. In 1980. 1-0. Yeah, you didn't get the first one. That was a, that was a stupid question. In 1985, question. this Yankee pitcher won 13 straight games. Ooh. Ron the Gator Gidry. Ron the Gator Gidry is correct. Woo! 2-0. Joey sucks. Joey's horrible this game. In 1937, this Yankee slugger set a major league record by hitting 15 home runs in the month of July. Goodness gracious. 1937. Goodness gracious no, on the card? It does oh, not. That'd that be cool, though. very 80s. 1937, 15 homers in the month of July. Well, 37, I'm just going to take a stab at some of the greats I'd like to say. I'll go with Gehrig. No, I think that was he. I think that was past. Joe DiMaggio? Joe DiMaggio. That All was, right. like, the other option. What do you think? Like, two like more? One or two more? <laughs> one more. Uh, one one more. more. One more. Let's wrap this Last up. one. Since Tom and I are tied. We're, we're recording at Media One Radio Group, uh, by the way, in Jamestown, and um, I'll have to be back here in about uh, eight hours. For, for work. work, yeah. So. All right, here we go. This no, Yankee slugger was named the most valuable player in the 1977 World Series. MVP in 77. Mm-hmm. Of the World Series MVP. World Series MVP. In 77. Um, Greg Nettles. No. Easier. The biggest, one of the biggest, not the biggest Yankees, 77. 77. Like, if Yankee 70 hitter. Oh. Um, oh, Thurman Munson. Reggie oh, Jackson. The other one. Yes, Reggie Jackson. Oh. I guess. Oh yeah, duh. Jackson, seventy-seven. Okay. I don't Munson know. Was, Would you say Jackson or Munson? Who's the bigger? Yeah. yeah. Who's the Who's the more seventies name? Jackson, Jackson or Munson? I mean Reggie Jackson. Oh, Mr. October. I don't know. That's, yeah, I would agree. All Anyways, right. that was Yankees trivia. Um, pitch, pitch, pitch by officially licensed game. Oh, it's an actual MLB game from nineteen eighty-seven. Well, so like Jacob said, if you want us to give you a shout out, buy us something. Yep. Send us something. Yep. And be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. And please feel free to send us an email. Uh, the email that we have and operate is very easy to remember. It is the words two balls one puck at gmail.com. So if you want to chat, you have comments, concerns, uh, if you want to tell Tommy that he stinks at pickleball even though he says he's fantastic. I mean, I beat the crap out of you. Or if you want to go back back a couple episodes and check out who has the best hair, we asked about that. Or if you just want to chat and say hi, we'd love to hear anything you have to say about us. And uh, we'd love to say hi to you guys. So follow us on the socials. Check out uh, you know our posts, releases, and uh, yeah. you know, interact. Say hi. All right. It's late. I think we're ready to wrap this up. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Until next one. Joey and I ate six packs of gummies tonight. Absolutely absurd. I didn't eat one. I said no more eating on the pod, but they just don't give. I think we were better about the wrappers. Yeah, which, we, we opened you know, them the wrappers the is Joey, the big thing. One more. Last, last line of the show, one more bizarre cheese that nobody knows. Fantanella.